welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. here for another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Zach. I am Griffin, and uh, today with us we have, as we uh, uh, teased earlier in, uh, if you listened to our previous episode, uh, we have a special guest with us today. Hello to Tom, oh god, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name. Nos? Is it Nos? No, no, you both butchered Nos? It. It's Knaus. Oh, Knaus. <laughs> oh, I was banking so hard on the silent K. And I no, no, no. My grandfather yeah. came from Germany and insisted on keeping this the K pronounced so See, it's stuck. I, I was wondering if it was an aus sound because I've known a, a, a Kraus before. No, it, yeah, it is but, the aus, but it's yeah. the, just say the <laughs> but, K but, and but you're good. You, you hit that K. Hit that K. Alright, well hi Tom Knaus. It's it's nice to have you on the show. It's good to be uh, here. So First and foremost, Tom, you are uh, what? What exactly is? I guess do you have uh, titles at Frog God Games or? Uh, the people of great importance have titles. Uh, <laughs> I don't have one. So, but you are you are a, a uh, us. <laughs> you're uh, overworking with Frog God Games. We did an yep. episode uh, about their Tome of Horrors a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. And uh, if I'm understanding right, you are uh, one of the authors on an upcoming uh, setting book? Yes, I am. I'm one of the main writers for Frog God Games, uh, and I am producing a book called Tawal. It is a Mesoamerican-themed expansion to our Lost Lands setting. So if you've ever had the world of the Lost Lands, this will add to it. It will not be in the familiar northern continents, which most people know from all the adventures that were Necromancer games and later Frog God. This is going to be in the southern continent, and not even the southern continent, the southern area, hemisphere of the uh, planet. And it's going to expand on stuff that's teased at in the book of the, the World of Lost Lands, but I'm going to expand some of it. So I'm really Very looking cool. forward to this. Yeah, it's that's, going to be Well, really it sounds cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I don't, I don't know how how you're feeling, Griff. I'm very excited. I love about a good this. campaign setting. Yeah, I I have this pipe dream of taking the D and D world that we've been our home group has been playing in for like mm-hmm. four years and making a campaign setting out of it eventually, like making a camp like a a setting book, but I I <laughs> as you can probably attest to, it's a lot of work. Yes, think hard before you do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how long, I guess, have you been, I guess, yeah, the first question, how long have you been sort of uh, uh, in the process of writing this setting, I guess? Oh, wow. It started about, I'm going to say February or March of 2019. Um, and so a little over a year, well, about a year Yeah, a year and a half. Point. Because it is two books, really. It's a oh. setting guide. And then it's like, five, It's like well, right now it's three adventures. Uh, it will be in the Kickstarter two more that we can unlock and put in them into the big adventure book. And then I wrote two more adventures that are add-ons for it. So awesome. Yeah. In all, it's probably, if I have to put a word count on it, I'm going to say uh, between all of the products, about 350 to 360,000 words. So. My God. Ooh, and you don't yeah, have a cool title. I don't have a cool title, See, but they bring me to every convention. So so. By the end of this episode, 
we will come up with a title for you. We will. Oh, I, I had a, I had some BS title. Uh, what, what I tried to because I wrote all the Perilous Vistas books for uh, Frog God Games. Okay. Um, those are all like the environment centered book. So I gave myself some kind of environmental consultant fantasy um, <laughs> environmental consultant title. I walked around a convention with it. And nobody got it. Oh. <laughs> right, fantasy EPA. Right, Jeez. fantasy EPA or fantasy uh, hydrologist. There we Did go. Did they give you like a business card? Is it, is it like a, like a just a, a way long title that it's just like eh, I don't want to use that anymore? No, or... I had to make my own business card. No, <laughs> get that Vista print going. Yeah, I went to Staples. Oh, uh, there you go. Yes. Very good. Yeah, that's right, folks. You didn't think you were going to figure out uh, uh, where to get your business cards printed in this here episode, but here Staples. we are. Here we go. <laughs> it was 10 bucks for like 50 so... Well, there you okay, go. That's fine. So, uh, yeah, with this new uh, this new campaign setting, uh, we actually, you, you were kind enough to give us a little sneak preview. And, yeah, we did. Some um, of the stuff looks insane and yeah. awesome. A lot of the stuff you got were monsters, um, and those monsters were, if you're very familiar with Paizo and Kick Kingmaker, they were done by Tim Hitchcock. So gotcha. he wrote a lot of those. Well, if, you, if you've if you listened to the show at all, and those at home know that we here love monsters. Okay. It's, kind of our entire, it's kind of our entire jam. Yes. Yeah. No, we, I've, we build I've our, 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 our fictional meta uh, livelihoods upon upon monsters and, and new 5e supplements. Yeah. Right, because cool. we've toured through most of the official Wizards of the Coast stuff at this point. Yeah, I think there are maybe... We're hard-pressed to find things in the original monster manual that are... That we can still talk about. Or oh, it's been right. so long, we've, we flip the pages and go, have we talked about this thing yet? I don't remember. <laughs> and then we sit there for like five minutes going, huh, 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 huh. But we've done it, we've done it. At any rate, uh, we are going to be discussing some of the things that you could find in this new uh, campaign setting. And kind of just give the Zack and Griffin's multiversal pet shop spin on this uh, up and coming source book. So. Definitely, definitely. So, are, are are we ready to dive in? I think so. Because sure. yeah, we we've got a, a nice gaggle. So with that, yeah, let's uh, let's dive on in, Griffin. Yeah, shall you take us away? Should I take us away, or you take us? Shall away? you? I'll, shall I'll you? Ta- I'll take us away. Take it away. So the things that we're talking about right now, I believe, can also be found in the uh, Tome of Horrors Frog God book. Is that correct? That is all right. So uh, the first one uh, that we're going to be talking about, and please assist me with the pronunciation on this, Tom, the Hecuva. Uh, you know what? I honestly have no idea how to pronounce that one. We're going to so, go with Hecuva. If you want to pronounce it in Noal, which is the language of the book, it mm. would be pronounced as Wekuva. Wekuva. That's mm-hmm. much cooler. Um, yeah, I like that, actually. Wekuva sounds a lot better. So let's go with that, I think. Okay. Uh, we have a Wekuva. This is maybe one of the first... No, we did an entire Ghosts episode. I was going to say this is one of the first undead we've ever talked about, but it is a, an undead creature. The art from the Tome of Horrors, it looks just kind of like a, like a, like a, a robed, kind of dehydrated person. Yeah. Nice. So uh, this, is, this is something that you'll probably kind of uh, form a relationship with along the process of having it in your life. But uh, let's let's read a little bit more about this. It says here that uh, Hecuva are undead spirits of good clerics who were unfaithful to their god and turned to the path of evil before their death. As punishment for their transgression, their god condemned them to roam the earth as wo- as the one creature all good aligned clerics despise: undead. Hecuva resemble robed skeletons and are often mistaken for such creatures. 
Hakuva attacks with its claws, raking and slashing at its opponents. It attacks relentlessly until either it or its opponent is dead. During combat, if a good-aligned cleric attempts to turn a Hecuva and fails, the Hecuva concentrates all attacks on that cleric, ignoring all other opponents until the cleric or the Hecuva is dead. Its natural weapons are treated as magic weapons. Dang, that's... (laughs) That's rough, and I love it. Undead with a vengeance. That's a great little mechanic. I'm very fond of that. Couldn't just defrock them? (laughs) <laughs> that also would be upsetting. Just, just take the, just take the robe off. Just take the robe off and defrock them. That's it. You're not it, a cleric anymore. It, it's like, yeah, <laughs> no longer, no longer a, a man or woman or non-binary individual of the cloth. You are now just a naked skeleton. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, there's a. They have a really cool ability here that I also want to touch on, uh, called the Shroud of Deception. During daylight oh, yeah. hours only. A Hakuva is transformed and looks, feels, and sounds like the living creature it once was. A creature that interacts with the Hakuva must succeed on an investigation check to realize the appearance is an illusion. But creatures with keen smell automatically pass the check versus the illusion as the sense of the Hakuva remains that of the grave. That's, Yuck. That's a very good detail. I, I, I remember reading in the last Tome of Horrors we did... Uh, episode we did of there being little small details like that that were just really interesting mechanics that also tied back to sort of the the history and the lore of these creatures now here's my question could you in like like our our wakuva is that that would be in the wall yeah be wakuva awesome are they all like used to be humanoids or could you have say like you know like a chihuahua who well, does its chihuahua like, serve an, a good god as a cleric? I mean, you, you never know. Is it a talking chihuahua? I mean, it's possible. Now it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> now, now it is. Okay. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go under. Now the, we're the establishing a that... character of Mister Biscuits, the Bahamut following chihuahua, okay. who, who in in death has become this uh, cleric's bane. Of a dog, yeah, and so it, you know, it just looks cute. Like it, it's got its own robes on because it's cleric apparently <laughs> now, and it's just like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, oh, you're a Chihuahua. This is great. And then it freaks out. It's like, Argh! and then it tries to destroy you. Yeah. How would you, how would you react to that? I guess. <laughs> I, I think I lost the I, I, I sort of lost the lead on on what my question was going to be after that statement. I think, I think way, you were just going for, for ch- can other things turn into these? Yes. Yeah. And I think a chihuahua would be hilarious. Yes, it could say, yo quiero Taco Bell. Oh, exactly. But incessantly. It, just it doesn't stop. Right. That's all it says. That's its power. Yo quiero Taco that, Bell, and it turns you into a tortilla. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> as that happens, the, you know, it, 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 it's uh, a visage sort of fades to the undead. It's like, yo quiero Taco Bell. And you're like, oh, no, I'm out of here now because I'm going to get devoured. By a little pint-sized thing that you could punt um, <laughs> far away from you. But it will come back. It will come back eventually, because apparently it zeroes in on on your party's cleric. That's like a class... This, it's a monster for a great classic D&D rule of always, of always target the healer. It, t- it, it mm-hmm. Kill the healer first. But now the enemies have it. Now the bad guys have it. Yeah, it's very good. Well, look, I, like, as a DM... I have I, I I've had a what's the word I'm looking for a not a complex but I I have a history of throwing just like frontline sort of enemies out and I I I tend to 
what's uh, uh be very uh merciful of like uh, the, uh, the squish the, the squishier people in the back um mistakes which this would be a fantastic uh workaround is just throw things that are set upon just killing the healers yeah which i'm here for <laughs> so how do these how would where, where would a creature where would we find such a creature in in this in this new setting of yours what's the how does this tie into sort of the lore and the culture of this of this uh mesoamerican sort of inspired world uh, this actually comes from one of the adventures, and it was written by uh, Rob Manning. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the exact context of where we use this monster, but if if I remember, there was like we basically had the equivalent of a smarmy televangelist appear on the island, <laughs> and they <laughs> this person had like recruited all these people to a different deity, and this was their punishment for following this person. So that's, um, that's my recollection of how it came into being. Uh, I don't remember if Rob actually used the the way Kuva. I think I actually threw it in and said, you know what, this will make a nice little touch, adding on to this uh, little section of the adventure. So that's I think that's how it played good. into it. Just yeah. as- I want to see the like the narrative of you know like this super well-meaning you know war priest who upon death became this horrid chaotic evil thing but then redeems himself in some way Mm. so like uh so like we have a it's almost like a revenant situation yeah almost like you you transition undead types at that point yeah right you go back right and you you're like um Oh God! I didn't see the movie. What was Blade? Right? Blade was the one with the vampire that kills other vampires. If I'm mistaken, he's he, he's a half vampire. Oh, he's a half. Yes. Okay. He, he's what All they right. refer to. I'm as sorry. That's the best but... I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're not wrong. All yes, right. that's a good parallel. Yeah, good parallel. but yeah, that's a, it, the, he just his his belief in his uh, his uh, uh, faith is so strong mm-hmm. that even undeath could not bind him. There you go. So what? So what? It's 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 Edge, the sequel to Blade. Yes. Well, I guess spiritual successor to Blade, because there um, is a Blade too. Well, it's not Blade; it's uh, uh, uh it's Bludgeon. Oh, uh, because <laughs> he's a cleric and has a mace. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I kind of dig that. It's just it's bonk. Bludge. It's bludge for sure. Bludge. I like that. And that, yeah, so then you get this the, with Bludge. Now I'm seeing like this sort of mixture of Blade, but also like Judge Dread. Mmm. So then a whole bunch of them break loose of this odd curse, and you've got these strange undead clerics who hunt down other undead. I, I spell, like, a movie idea coming. Uh, TM, Tom, you got to start now. writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pitch a lot of dumb movies uh, on this on this show in this business of ours. Oh, so, like, no if you ever want to, like, claim one and write a script, like, we'll take yeah, royalties. And, yeah, yeah, that or just a wink-wink nudge-nudge to us. I think we'll be happy. Um, <laughs> Have you ever seen the card game Pitch Storm? You, no, you, I think no, I you mentioned telling... it to you guys. Oh, yeah, That's exactly what it sounds like, because here, I have a car- card right here. It's like you pick a character... And then you're, you then you yep. pick, uh, and then you pick a plot, and you have to pitch the plot in like forty five seconds. We would be excellent oh, at this. Fantastic. That's basically twenty five percent of our show. All right. uh, is is just coming up with some dumb movie plot. I love it. That's wonderful. <laughs> I need this game. So yeah, uh, Hakuva are nasty to look at, but you know, yeah, they're not great. But could be could be good. Uh, perhaps like minions or henchfolk. In uh, the service of perhaps like a like a good old fashioned like death domain cleric 
or uh, you got your Oathbreaker Paladins out there. Maybe you got like a sidekick in the form of a Yakuza. I will give you one more. Ooh, because all these sound great. <laughs> or a source of information. Like if you need mm. to find out something out, you could always try and bargain oh. with the the Wekuva. And... Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Like, how That's why you're the writer? And where I'm is not. this tomb? Oh, I can tell you for a price because I yeah. served it one time or something Ooh. like that. Ooh, snap! Give me all your give me give me your Taco Bell and I'll tell you. Give give me your give me your Crunchwrap Supreme and I will guide the way. <laughs> yes, travelers, it is this way. <laughs> And and then the undead Chihuahua leads them to their demise. But how do? But the the, the it's a it's just a stone wall. Is there like a secret door or anything? It's like I will tell you for some fire sauce. <laughs> yep, yep, yes, yep. Give me your cinnamon twists, and all will be revealed. Sponsored by Taco Bell. Um, Taco Bell. <laughs> get at us. Uh, but I think that's uh that's that's that can wrap the book on on uh, the Akuva to to kick us off. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, let's, let's scoot, scoot on to uh, our next one, which isn't much better in the way of just gross. Uh, so, it. yeah, this is the Tishan. Tishan? Tishan. Tishan, Chan. Okay. I'll run with either. Fantastic. I'm, I, I love it. Uh, so, the slug-like thing has a cylindrical body and a mass of dripping, writhing tentacles at its head. It's brownish-gray with patches of green and black blotches scattered unevenly over its body. Its underside is pasty off-white in color and ripples with the muscular contractions that move the creature along. This thing is essentially a slug with, like, a star nose mole's, like, nose on the top of it. Yeah. It's kind of with just a gross hole in the center. And then you gave it like a um, sort of Earth Tones paint job. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Earth Tones paint job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, okay, let's read more about this thing. Tishans are slug-like creatures that burrow through earth and stone to consume the minerals trapped in the rock. Hey. They are neutral, so they don't seem like they're evil. They're just no, no, they're like garbage disposals, basically. They're like um, uh, Otiugs. Yeah, yeah, Just, kind of, yeah. yeah. Our good old friends, the Otiugs. I need some rocks cleared out. Here you go. Here they range work. anywhere from two to four feet long. Oh, oh they're bigger than I thought they were. Yeah, <laughs> they're like like one of those like real meaty millipedes. Ooh. I thought this was Ugh. like maybe something that could fit in like the palm of your hand. Oh yeah, no, it's size category small. I thought it. I I read tiny. I was wrong. <laughs> No. Chomp burrows through stone by extruding powerful digestive enzymes through its mouth and skin that let it dissolve the stone and then slurping it up for consumption. It can use this ability to attack creatures that threaten it. Hmm. Huh. It's a it's a gravel eater. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a burrower. So yeah, where would one I guess find these throughout this new setting, Tom? Uh they this creature actually appears in a mountain area. Uh, in the okay. mountains. There's, there's a central mountain re- uh, range on the island, and they are in there. Um, and they were, I believe, imported. If I remember the story right, because this was one of the other adventures, mm-hmm. uh, they were brought here basically to uh, clear away stones and create more caverns. Basically, like uh, a mobile um, drill. Yeah, yeah like, drill. like little mining drills. Right, like a little mining drill. That's what Cause it Because it, it says for. that they're aberrations, mm-hmm. which was curious yeah. to me. Well, yeah, the, uh, as we go, uh, yeah, the next thing it says that the most unusual aspect about it to Sean is its ability to cause confusion by its mere presence. 
Okay. The simple but alien brain of a Tashan emits waves in such a frequency that more advanced creatures suffer from severe disorientation if they come too close. Tashans rarely attack. They are content to burrow through rock and dirt, blissfully unaware of the rest of the world. <sighs> if attacked, however, a Tashan defends itself with all the natural weapons available to it. So it's a it's it's a living drill slug that can also just send feedback in, into your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like don't like I'm gonna do this for you. Just don't don't look at me. It's like when <laughs> when people. It, it's like um, did you ever watch the movie uh, Mystery Men? Yes. No. Yeah, starring uh, uh, John. Was it John? What, uh, William H Macy. William H Macy and uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Janine uh, Garofalo. Yeah, yeah this, this, what a cast. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, Kel Mitchell from Keenan and Kel. Yes, he was Invisible plays Boy. A character who can turn invisible, but he can't do it while people are watching. Oh my god! <laughs> right. <laughs> so if people look at him, he turns visible again, but he can turn invisible. It's like this. It's like, look, I could dig, but not while you're watching. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, like, like Samantha, the shy Tishan. <laughs> to to uh, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. No, I tried to make a. I tried to do a name spoof as I'm want to do. I was gonna say try to say like to Shenantha, but like that's nothing. That's 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 bad. <laughs> I'm fine with to Shenantha. <laughs> that's terrible. Please don't. <laughs> please don't keep this bit going. So I don't have to say that terrible joke more. Well, no, it's or, or you just or, <laughs> that, or you just change the spelling of of it to like T apostrophe S H A U N, and then it's just Tashan. Tashan. Or you could yeah. write. The whole story about one of them and call it the Tashana Chronicles. There we oh go. Oh my god, that's, that's pretty good. That or Tashana the Dead. There you go, <laughs> Tashana the Dead. <laughs> yeah, no the 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 main character of the show, Psych, Tashan Spencer. Tash- oh my god. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and just name all the famous Shans. So uh, yeah, the the best friend from Boy Meets World, Deshaun Matthews. Uh, no, wait, he's not Deshaun Matthews. What's his last name? I forget. I the Heartbreak Kid, Deshaun Michaels. Yeah, Deshaun uh, White. Yeah, oh, there you go. With his with his uh, with, imagine Sean White's hair on this thing though. Olympic gymnast Deshaun Johnson. Oh my lord. Mm. <laughs> all right, have we exhausted the Shans bit? Um, it's it's a bit of bit of a departure, but one of the uh, the guy who really likes Ultra Lord in Jimmy Neutron, Tashin. Oh man, oh, yeah. that's 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 after my time. <laughs> yeah, that that we're we're dating ourselves what a here. Pull. All right, hey, hey, hi, I'm Zach, and I, I take long walks for very small drinks of water. <laughs> <laughs> Tashans are this really fun, like we we ha- we've talked. To, you mentioned Otiogs earlier, Zach. Like they're these. Yeah. Creatures that just kind of live their lives, but in a way that can be used to really kind of assist civilization and society yeah. in a way, which is they, they have a useful purpose that like they seem to be fine doing as long as they get what they need, mm-hmm. which is apparently just a bunch of dirt and rock. Yeah, handfuls of pebbles. Well, I'm here for it. Yeah, no. Um, with uh, 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 my, uh, my kids during camp this week, they decided to use Otiugs in the in the sewers of their town when we were making maps this week. Very fun. Otiugs, nice, useful. Tashan, useful. I feel like with Tashan, when you're having them like dig out new tunnels, you got to be very aware of where they're doing this, and then keep like your normal workers, your your humanoid workers, out of the way. Because if you've got a tunnel like within that radius that they're like are running parallel. That you've got one that Tashan are working in, and one that like a bunch of dwarves are working in, 
and they're just like, man, I keep getting these really weird headaches, and like, I'm really, ugh. Yeah, but don't you have to have somebody accompany them in case they hit a water line or they hit something else <sighs> down there? And- Ooh, that's fair. So maybe then you just have someone who's wearing a pair of big headphones and is blaring some like royalty-free death metal while they're just kind of supervising the Tashans. Griffin. Yes. I love royalty-free death metal. <laughs> it's the best death metal. No, the best death metal is baby metal. Oh there my go. god, thank you, Tom! <laughs> this is not the first time Ghostlight Media has talked about baby metal. No, we've metal. championed I, I, baby metal on another path before. Oh, we have, baby metal is freaking awesome. I love baby metal. I, I show baby metal to people and they're just like... What is this? And I'm like, it's the coolest thing. It's it's J-pop singers in front of a death metal band. It's yeah, hysterical. it's the most whack ass combination of musical genres, but it works. Right. It works so perfectly. Oh, have you ever question. seen them? Not live, no. But... I have. Oh my god! <laughs> I did. I saw them in New York City. It was crazy. It was oh, great. Man. That's a show. I bet. Oh, it was hysterical. It was, it was amazing. God. Oh man. Well, uh, yeah. No. What? Do you think that there's ever like a case where like someone's you, you know you, they're using Tashan to you know, build you know dig mm-hmm. make some tunnels for some sort of underground structure? Do you think that there's you know like they get like you know one sort of not want to say rogue employee who like grabs like a couple and it's just like has them make like his own like little sort of hideout? Are you talking about like, Tashan like, like embezzling? Like yeah, like <laughs> em- embezzling a couple. Just, just not like stealing them, but like re-diverting them from the main area to make like their own little like personal nook. Mm. It's like, hey, like I'm just gonna borrow these for like you know a few days. They'll make me my own space, and and it has and you can decorate it however you'd like. Just make expan- illegal expansions on your home, yeah. Exactly, your weird mountain home. It's got a loft bed, a, you know, a mini fridge. Is there a it's lot nice. of is there a lot of like volcanic activity in this uh, this setting? Um, there is some. It's it's actually the island was built up a lot by volcanic activity, and it kind of died down. Makes sense uh, as it expanded. So there there are some still some active volcanoes. Though, so I wonder how these guys get along with with that, or if that could be a problem. If perhaps they you just they <laughs> dig too far and then just <laughs> you liquid just... hot magma. Yeah, hot magma. You send them just, it's like, hey, dig this way. You guys go, and you kind of got your clipboard, and you're assigning your crews, and then you just forget about that one crew, and it turns out they've dug, like, three miles in the wrong direction, and you've accidentally punctured a volcano. When you said cruise, I thought you were referring to the Tashan, like, setting it on cruise. Oh, no. <laughs> and just having it go on cruise through no. the mountain. <laughs> I mean, keep going. Both are applicable, though. <laughs> Yeah, the group of them that's, like, um, they can kind of... They can get into your brain a little bit, so maybe you can, like, remote control the Tashan. You figure out the frequency to play to them, where they can kind of... You can just give, like, a one... uh, Like, an input. Yeah, do you think, like, they could be, like, sort of sonically, like, directed? It could be, yeah. Yeah, if you can create, like, some funky music and that they follow and that makes sense to them. Maybe they only respond to baby metal. If they are, they're the smartest creatures on the planet. Yeah, based on the baby well, like, metal songs that play, like this one means like you're doing great. This right. one, the song comes on, hey, it's time for lunch. And they can coordinate dances too, like the singers do, and they could just move <laughs> through the thing and you know do like the... that's get a little worm dance. That's yeah. something that it doesn't say here Absolutely. in the book, but Tashans love dancing, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they're oh, renowned yeah, so... for it. 
All right, so here's the movie the 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 movie plot. Flash dance, <laughs> but the main character is a Tashan. Flash dance. Oh, 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 I got the perfect thing too. You know the scene when she has the chair and she pulls the water over? Yeah, yes. pulls the cord. Yeah. It could be magma pours down. It's on just it. magma. Yeah. It's just magma. <laughs> just goes. Yeah, you, know, you, you get to in slow mo see like one of right. the weird little face tentacles go up and grab the cord, and then oh, you play. God. Oh, what a feeling! Do, 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 do. Covered She's by baby. A maniac, maniac. <laughs> baby, baby metal has to do the soundtrack for this flick, though, right? Like, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only thing that that, that makes them, you know, it, that kind of guides them. You got to get the baby metal. All right, um, let's let's uh, let's reach out to Zach if you can send a memo to Henderson over in uh, logistics to get baby metal yeah, like, yeah. like recruited onto this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll be a, a sort of coordination between between them and PR probably. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I can get that going. Right, cool, thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, but to sh- to Shant, we went on some weird tangents there, but I'm fine with it. Ha- we've this will be the 46th time. That will have done this, and you're just now discovering we go on weird tangents. Yeah, I just feel like that one went to some especially weird spots, <laughs> but like I'm like I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, but yeah, that wrap up to Sean's. You think? I think I think so. I think it's time. All right, to go to an ad break, maybe. Set over to uh, to an ad break. Oh, most definitely. Let's hit an ad break. Hi, I'm Shifty Mercutio, owner and operator of Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie resale emporium, home of the multiverse's largest supply of gently used genie paraphernalia. You know how many times people get overwhelmed by the prospect of three wishes and just choke up halfway through? What are those genies supposed to do then, huh? Just wait? Nah, 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 that's where I, Shifty Mercutio, come in. Every genie on my shelves has at least some wishes guaranteed. What? You don't take me, Shifty Mercutio, at my word? Well, listen to some of my partially satisfied customers. This thing only had half a wish left. How the fuck am I supposed to use half a wish? I thought I lucked out when this shitty lamp had a full wish left in it. I wished I was rich. It legally changed my name to Richard. Zero stars. This place sucks ass. My genie won't even work with me. I wish I'd never bought this stupid lamp. Oh, now you work? Now you work. Fuck you, piece of shit. What heartwarming words. So, if you're in the market for, or in possession of, a pre-owned or recently resold genie, come on down to Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie resale emporium. Shifty Mercutio's. You get what you get. Don't throw a fit. Oh, wow. Shifty Mercutio. What an (laughs) ad. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, we're really just diving right in, aren't we? Oh, I, I, some, I like to hit it hard and hit it fast. What can I say? Excellent. Isn't that kind of Shifty's uh, motto too? Oh, that uh, <laughs> and he says that anytime he goes out, uh, ever, you know, it's like he, it, going going to a a, a a wedding, gotta hit it hard, hit it fast. Going to a funeral, gotta hit it hard, gotta hit it okay, fast. Okay, I think we can move on from the ad now. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I, I'm intrigued by Shifty's product line. Shifty uh, Mercutio, what a guy. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> I, I think let's uh, carry on into uh, into the great beyond. I don't know. Um, into some of the... I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to take this time to talk about uh, with, with you, Tom, some of the... some of the more interesting, like, uh, 
folks, like the cultures of people that are, are featured in Tuatl. Okay. Um, particularly the one that I really discovered that I'm very intrigued by is the uh, the Wahapa. The Wahuapa. The Wahuapa. Yes. The, otherwise so known we, as Maze Folk. As the Maze Folk, yes. Well, be, before we jump into this, I think it's oh. very important to call this, to, to name this segment. Yes. Um, And so to me, this sounds like a bit of a... Uh, Chat of the culture. Okay. Cultures. Cultures. Yeah. Where we can just kind of talk about some of the some of the folks here. Because this is a this is a, a, a wide setting and with a lot of interesting like people and in, in different types of just entities. And like I was scrolling through this and like I want I want to talk about a lot of these demons too, but I think the corn people are the folks that have really grabbed my attention the yeah. most. Okay. Okay. So we don't have like flavor text on these like we did for the others. So I just want to go through their stat block. A Actually, bit. we do have flavor text for these. <gasps> oh, hold Tom. on. We're, yes, they came from. We're doing it live. They originally <laughs> oh. came from Fields of Blood, and you have to take. Give me just a second to pull the book out. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I was at home. Tom has a giant bookshelf of of just. What I can imagine is just an RPG Wonderland. Uh, well, mine's like minor leaguers compared to some of the folks of Frog God Games. But this was Fair the book enough. it originally peeled in, uh, appeared in, Fields of Blood. Fields of Blood. And that's your name on the cover. That is my that name. Is. That's why I took it. <laughs> yeah, I used it. <laughs> You're like, this is mine. This is I'm my shit. I'm here. using it. So, um, Okay. So let me give you a little background on the Wat Wapa. Now, it's not really a... a a race per se in the terms okay. of you know like a humanoid it's more of a monster sure. cr- creature it's actually a plant so here's the so, description it's two short truncated stalks serve as legs for a seven foot tall corn plant with a central stalk closed husks and serrated leaves an open <laughs> husk atop the mass of leaves is vaguely humanoid in shape and appears to function as the creature's de facto head Oh my god! So what? What I'm envisioning in my head, you know, here's the art. The, if you want to, yeah. Oh, that's just man. a okay. big walking corn stalk. It's like a big wow. walking corn stalk, exactly. See, be- before you showed us the art, I was envisioning, um, you know, like the the you know, it's peanut butter gelatin, like the the banana <laughs> with the maracas. <laughs> no, but I instead, it, but instead, it's just an ear of corn. <laughs> it <laughs> is a large walking. Ear of corn, yes, and yeah. it's got a very crazy, very interesting though, because I'm into how these monsters are created, and this one has okay. a kind of a very interesting ones. Hit us with it. All right, so the cultivation of corn is a way of life for many plain settlers. Um, on those rare occasions where prayers and offerings fail to bring water, the community may resort to a gruesome last resort: human sacrifice. Ah. As the blood soaks the soil, thirsty corn plants longing for nourishment absorb the sacred fluid's water content. In most cases, nothing remarkable happens to the plant. But there are instances where the victim spilled blood instills sentience and a desire for vengeance into the otherwise mindless corn stalk. Within hours of its first feeding, the malevolent creature uproots itself from the ground and seeks out those responsible for its ungodly creation. The monsters are generally known as Wahuampas, Though some people also call them maze folk. Hell yes. <laughs> so I've got I've got the meta narrative already. Okay. Okay. All right. So we have so we center on on this maze folk, but it's just the plot of John Wick, <laughs> where someone is there a plot to John Wick? 
Yeah, okay. yeah someone I'm killed his dog of... and he's going on a vengeance so, Someone trail. kills his dog and steals his car and, and he goes does... and kills him all. Oh, okay. He does a lot of great stunts along the way. Okay. So, you know, this, this friendly ear of corn, okay, <laughs> made friends with this kind dog. But sadly, it's been the dry season. And well, the sad, the, this kind dog is sacrificed so that the plants may grow. God. But they've killed... The dog. John's... I was going to say John, John Stock, Cornwick. I was going to say John Stock. <laughs> John Stock. John Stock's friend. And now he's out for vengeance. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, in the, in the uh, Tuatl campaign setting, there's, a, there's a, the Wahuapa have made a return with a vengeance, it seems. They have an excellent ability called Maze Camouflage, where mm-hmm. they have advantage on dexterity stealth checks made to hide among ordinary maze plants. That's very good. Also, a, a, an attack called Blood Meal. Which makes a lot more sense now that I've heard sort of their origin story. Mm-hmm. Living creatures hit by the Wahuapa's claws must succeed on a constitution save or suffer, suffer one level of exhaustion. Did you say that their husks were like razors or something? Um, their leaves are like razors. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. big, so they can literally use razor leaves. Mm-hmm. They can literally use razor leaves. Yeah. Maze folk, use razor leaf. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's dead. Um... <laughs> Did I also mention that um, for every level of exhaustion drained, the Wahuapa uh, gains five temp HP? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) So they kind of drink you a little bit. Yeah, they suck you dry. Excellent. They're little sippy boys. Because they were dry to be, they were they were created because they were ground was parched. So they they want to get that nourishment back, and the only way they can do that is they don't no longer drink water; they feast on blood. So somehow you have taken a stalk of corn and made it one of the most metal things I've ever heard. It is. It, it's it's really metal. I love it so much. <laughs> That's awesome. So how do the how do the Wahuapa fit into uh, the campaign setting at uh, sort of at, at large? Um, they're kind of in the background. They're, I mean, they're not really like very organized or anything like that. They just appear in a couple of the adventures uh, in, gotcha. in situations where somebody did something and they may not have necessarily uh, wanted to create one of these creatures, but mm. they undertook an act that spilt blood on the ground and voila, you have a Wahawapa. You have a maze folk running amok. So Damn. they actually feature kind of, well, it shouldn't be a spoiler because they feature a little prominently in the adventure Maze and Monsters. Which would make sense. Oh, now, tracks. see, mm-hmm. granted, um, based on sort of our um, geographical location, Griffin, mm. yes, um, which is in the middle of a bunch of corn, yes, um, this would be <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, I mean, because we're we're in the Midwest, where the Midwest is ninety percent corn, mm-hmm. where where corn is plentiful, yes, and. Like, it's a common sort of fair activity or the like where there is a corn maze or a maze maze Mm -hmm. to be especially uh, redundant. So the fact that, like, I mean, that's like corn mazes are already, like, great horror trip fodder. But now you just have now the corn just kills you. Yeah, it's not a monster. It's not a monster chasing you through the maze where you can't get out. The maze is just going to eat you. (laughs) Literally. Pretty much. That's that's the new Halloween blockbuster. Well, not block, but a slasher film. It's like it's like that weird 
movie with Gary Busey where like he was a murderer who got cremated um, oh. and then his crazy mother baked the ashes into a gingerbread man oh, yeah, and I, I missed the that gingerbread one, man came alive and started killing you're not people. missing much Tom oh, okay <laughs> it's not a good movie well this puts another spin to on Children of the Corn as well if yeah you're oh, real. oh that was good that was, that was good mm-hmm. I will say like as, as much as I am intrigued by these when I saw the word maze folk I definitely first pictured them as like a, like like a society. No, <laughs> like, yeah. like no, they made their society. own little. They made their own little corn villages. No, no, no. They don't make corn. I no, was envisioning no. like like you know like vegapygmies. Okay, or like right, like right. Uh, myconids, something like that. Dryads. Nothing even, like, like that at all. Mm-hmm. No, no. That makes, not at all. No. In the most gruesome way. No. Instead, it's haunted corn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much bloodthirsty corn that likes to feed on people. So I the tables that. are turned in this situation where the corn yeah. feeds on you. In into wow. waddle, corn eat you. Right. Yeah. Into waddle, corn <laughs> eat you. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Is that mind. how? What are the chances that that becomes the new tagline for Lost Worlds to, or Lost Lands to Waddle? <laughs> Zero. Lost Lands to waddle, corn eat into you. Corn eat you. Into waddle, corn eat you. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if Frog God needs something new in their marketing department, let us know. Okay. Um. <laughs> we think John does a good one. We think John Pax does a great job. So, but hey, he's hey, always John. looking John, for help. John, we're sure you're great, but like, hey, hey hit us up. <laughs> hey, 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 seriously though. Hey, seriously. Hey, seriously though. Seriously. Hit us up. All right. <laughs> Into all corn eat you. Um, corn eat you. Hang on a second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just scrolling through this this here this here documents and i've stumbled upon something that does this you're gonna need to tell me if this has connection to the maze folk or not okay but on shadow comma greater mm-hmm. there's a legend there's a lair action where they can command corn um you know that didn't play into this adventure that actually comes from tim's adventure okay yeah so that wasn't part of the same because the wahuapa appear okay. mine because they're my monsters yes. so i wanted right. to keep them um, so Tim used that for a different thing. Um, okay. Yeah, but there is actually a druid uh, in this in the five E version that yeah. can control corn and make like yes. cornfield. So he'll just like go, boom, cornfield. You're stuck in it, and you got to figure a way out, like a corn maze. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like like conjure greater corn. Right. Maze. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. He just goes like- and goes. Boom, and all this corn suddenly springs up. And... Oh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And awesome. Pop-up corn maze. Pop-up corn maze. That's I, I do also want to point out that I scrolled up and just saw a reaction that is explode the heart. I don't know what that is part of. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That was I, That's probably Tim. He probably created that one. Oh, sounds great. Anyway, explode maze poker, uh, uh, they... They're metal, yeah, and they eat you. Yes, is I think what I'm ge- I'm getting from all of. Pretty, this. Yeah, you got you hit the nail right on the head with that one. I, this is that's super that's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> there comes a bit frequently in these bits I will come across or we'll stumble upon a creature that we start talking about and learn sort of the ins and outs of it, and we're just so in, impressed by them that we stop saying funny things. We're just like this shit's just amazing, like. <laughs> Oh, well, wait, just... uh, amazing? Amazing. Oh, see, <laughs> I just imagined nice. some cheery little corn people, and it took a much darker turn. I'm <laughs> here for it. 
Um, but I think, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll unfortunately close the book. We'll say farewell to Wahoo Wapa. Oh. Goodbye, our, our cute maze people. We'll, and by that, I mean we will run furiously through the night so that we escape their grasp. Staying and, away from the horn. Um, we'll turn over to our, uh, our, our last, uh, last critter of the day. Okay. Culture. People. Yes. 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 But anyway, these are the Pacosa, I believe, is how they're pronounced. Pacosa. Or Pacosa. So I got to remember. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You got me. It's Pacosa. It's an A, right? Yeah, yeah. I, see, I see an A. Yeah, okay. My bad. I'm looking at the Pacosa warrior right now. Mm-hmm. So these are, they're half elves. Yes. Tell us about this. Okay. So what happened in the book is that when this rebellion took place um, and the hero gods ascended to divinity, that some of them that continued the traditions of their predecessors and still demanded blood sacrifices. Like you do. However, a certain segment of the population, of the human population, after several thousand years of this said, we've had enough of this nonsense, we're not doing it anymore, we think it's wrong, and life is to be enjoyed, and we're not just to be, you know, flayed apart on a sacrificial slab, so we're not sending you your tributes. You can go fly a kite and do whatever you want with it. So, of course, that angered the king. And so the king sends down his army. And the folks who came up to this decision said, oh, crap, we're going to be totally royally screwed because we can't fight off this army ourselves. So we better find somebody who's willing to help us out. Mm. So they go to the elves and they say, look, I know you really weren't big on that that practice we were doing. (laughs) And we're not going to do it anymore if you give us some help here. So they said, okay. They kind of lure the army into a forest and just beat the snot out of them. Um, Send them back, and the whole kingdom in the north collapses, and the kingdom in the south develops. And just to make make a point that we don't want to have anything to do with you anymore, they build a big canal across the entire length of the island to separate them. So what happens is the Pacosa are originally the um, Asli people, but as time goes on and they're... They forge this alliance with the elves. They intermingle, intermarry to, you know, because there's not one central government in this part. So For they sure. intermarry to form alliances. And over time, they basically become this new people that are called the Pacosa. So that's pretty Very much cool. their backstory. You know, at first they were a little bit uh, too hedonistic. So they didn't really, <laughs> you know, understand that to create a community, you've got to do things. And over time, they kind of come to the realization they have to do that. So they do settle down and evolve as their own unique society. That's part elf, but mostly Asli, the human people who are on the Very island. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Rhett, I do want to point out that these these friends are like like blood elves or something. They've got a cool blood sacrifice feature. Listen to this, everyone. At the start of the uh, of, of their turn. The Picosa warrior can use an action to ritually wound themselves to gain advantage on their melee attack. Righteous. The warrior runs the edge of... Oh, goodness. Oh, I know what this is, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Makawheedle? It's the, uh... M? Yeah. Yeah, Makawheel. Makawheel. It's that, it's that. that, like, club that has, like, the edges. Yes, like the, the obsidian um, chips embedded into it, correct. Gotcha. Right. But anyway, runs that across their chest, taking 1d4 slashing damage and gaining advantage on all melee attacks made with the weapon for a number of rounds equal to the damage. Righteous. Yeah. <laughs> so originally, like, this, it's it's a blending of the two. It's like they, they have blended it a little bit, like you said, because mm-hmm. 
you said initially like the they leveraged like hey we won't human sacrifice you anymore if you help if you lend us a hand right but like as the cultures blend together this like some of that tradition maintains in like the warriors well only for themselves to give themselves that little jolt they're not actively doing it to other people which is the key thing for them in their mind that's not that's fine excellent point Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's okay what i do to me not you right do unto not as i did right Now, the biggest thing that, Griffin, I think you're really going to like is that they are dog masters. Mm -hmm. Yes. Griffin loves dogs. Okay. This is a a well-known fact. Okay. Because the warriors often raise war dogs as companions. Ah, yes. They gain a bond with one dog that they raise from birth. They communicate with the dog using simple commands such as fetch, heal, attack, and track. If the situation calls for an ability check when communicating with his, with their dog, the warrior always has advantage on the check. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. The, actually, the um in, in Mesoamerica, the Mesoamerican people domesticated very few animals. The only ones they really domesticated were the turkey and the dog. Um, that's really Dom- it. a domesticated turkey, huh? Yeah, well, we eat domesticated turkeys now, so those aren't. Well, I mean, wild that's turkeys. that's fair. It's just anytime I, like I've encountered a turkey, it's been it's been a wild one. Yeah, and <laughs> <No>. they're always <laughs> really hostile. Yeah, you don't eat wild turkeys for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, you're eating no. domesticated yeah. ones. No, oh, turkeys man. are like top five bastard birds. Yeah, followed by like geese. Geese are up there. Mm. Peacocks are up there. Ostriches are up there. That's four already. I got one more. I'm going to go Not emus, with though, pigeons. Emus are, emus are adorable. What'd you say? I'm going to go with pigeons. But pigeons are fine. They just do their thing. <laughs> Seagulls. Yeah. Well, I think yes. actually that Ben Franklin wanted to make the turkey the national bird. I think I've heard that before. I have heard that before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How um, how rad. <laughs> I, I will say, as so, uh, I can confirm, seagulls are bastards. All right. Those, yeah, uh, they uh, are. That's that's my list. That's my yeah. top five. Yeah, the seagulls are. Bastards, um, I know. did discover now as we're as I was scrolling through here. I thought I had, I had seen this earlier. There is a uh, a war dog mm-hmm. uh, stat block yeah. as well. Yeah, and they're 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 no slouches themselves either. No. Yeah, they have the like. I think a trait that's normally associated with like gnolls, where if they drop a, a creature to zero hit points, they can make another attack against a. Uh... Oh no! Excuse me. It's the reverse. When the dog drops to zero hit points, mm-hmm. it immediately makes one attack against a creature within five feet of it as a reaction before dying. Right. So they have a final fuck you bite. Yeah, it's kind of like the wild boar. I think has that too. Yeah. Boar. And they have a stat called Warrior's Best Friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun! A single master to whom it shows unwavering loyalty raises a war dog from birth. A war dog's master always has advantage on it when giving it commands. Mm. And they have the they have the cool feature when they bite, they grapple somebody. Right. Where they just that's always nice. Grab and hold. Mm-hmm. Excellent. God, I want a war dog now. <laughs> well, if Griffin, you buy the setting, you can have a you war dog. You should get a dog. <laughs> Zach, I can't. I'll get evicted. <laughs> Get a dog. My neighbors downstairs got a dog and got evicted. We've been over this. I'm not beloviating. You don't know that they got I evicted. I do, Zach Rob. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, this, this Tom. Is an it's all right. Bit of me trying to get Griffin to get a dog. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm not allowed to have pets in my apartment, and the, my downstairs neighbors had two dogs, and then they mysteriously vanished. The dogs or the neighbors? The the, the people. Oh, and, okay. I mean, they, and the dogs. They could but... have just moved. Shh. Anyway, so... Um... You needed to do, like, uh, was it in Godfather 2, where... They wanted to evict the uh, Vito Corleone's friend or the wife's friend because she had the dog, and he talks yeah. to him and says, and the dog stays, right? Like, uh, yeah. What? Um, now, I'm sure that, like, 
I think that when you have a name like War Dog, you're picturing like a you know a pretty rough and tumble, like a medium to large sized dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But part of the magic of of like interpretation and like reflavoring things oh, is that yeah. like there's nothing stopping someone out there from making their war dog, aside from like I guess the cultural breeds and whatnot, from making your war dog like a corgi. I mm. want a dachshund. Oh, God. A war dachshund. A war dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> these would have been more like Sholos, these dogs. A war yeah. weenie. Yeah. A war weenie? Is that what a you said? A war weenie. Yeah, it's like, you know, like a wiener dog. It's a war weenie. Oh, man. Oh, it just sort of does its little hop, hoppy skip <laughs> down the battlefield. Covered in armor. Covered in <laughs> armor. <laughs> Yeah, no, the the armored legs have a little bit of a platform to them just so that, you know, the armor's not dragging on the ground. They have some um, height to them. Yeah. God. Yeah, they got, they, they're on little stilts. And, uh, oh, God. That seems highly inefficient. Yeah, Tom, if you could choose any war dog, what would your war dog be? I'm actually a cat person, to be honest. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, so, but if I had to pick a war dog, you know what? I guess I have a predilection for poodles, so I'll go for a poodle. Ah, oh, war, war poodle. poodle's pretty good war too. War poodle, war poodle's very. Now, good. is it a mini war, war poodle or a regular size? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is it? That's up to you. War poodle. I think it's, a, it's your war All right, poodle. I, cause, I didn't have. A, I've never had a dog, but my cousin okay. had a dog when we were growing up, and his, her dog's name was Snoopy, and he was right. uh, a show dog in the '60s, and he cost like 600 bucks. And this is in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. So he would have been probably like a fortune. But he was like the coolest dog ever. He used to play hide and go seek with us when we were kids. Because you could go and say you would hide and you go, Snoopy, come find me. And he'd run through the house sniffing around looking for you. Then gave you a big kiss when he found you. It was he was oh, the coolest dog. Man. So I would have to have yeah. a I would go with the mini poodle just for him. Yeah, see I, I like I like I have two cats. So like I, I understand the the, the 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 cat people, but I do love dogs. Yeah. Dogs are great. So uh, f- I think there's an opportunity here, Zach, with the Picoso, uh, the okay. Picoza. and um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna extrapolate on this fiction a little bit, Tom. Okay. If you want to play in the space okay. with us a little bit, uh, frequently we have come up with uh, discrete sort of sports or games that are intended for certain creatures, and I would love to see what we can come up with that is a a, a man and dog based sport mm. where like everyone's got their their pooch okay and like that is that is part of the team where it's like um i, I don't even know what the premise is i'm, I'm starting from scratch here mm. but um well you could play the um the mesoamerican ball game ula malizzi ula malizzi yeah which is I don't the, know what that is it's the ball game you ever seen um the courts in central america where there's the big ring that's uh, high up on the wall and the idea was the Hit the ball through the um the hoop. Oh, like in um uh, Road to El Dorado. Yeah, when they had the armadillo. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm I'm guessing that's probably what it is. I don't know. I or is that or is that then what is what am I thinking of then? I'm thinking of highlight. Highlight is a, is, is, a, is, a, is, the, is yeah you, that's the sport where you basically gamble on. That's okay. Yeah. Highlight is the, 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 it, the scoop. I thought that's the scoop. The yeah, scoop it's like hand. the scoop thing with the ball, and it's they like it's almost like racquetball where they throw yeah, it against the wall them. and the guy has that's to catch it. Yeah, you know that's guy. some that's something totally different. I just remember growing totally up, different. they used to have that in Milford, Connecticut, and you'd hear Milford Highlight offering <laughs> gamble on Highlight, and then they would always have like a scandal that the games are rigged, and it was just always a mess. Oh boy! All right, yeah. I think I think I'm starting to picture picture what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be interesting if there would be like 
like based on like it like it's in quarters, right? The game takes place in quarters, and it alternates between like the 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 Pocosa playing and then their dogs playing. Like the like it's either the Pocosa or their dogs, and then in, like the final round, everyone's on the field. Yes. See, I was trying to think of like some sort of um, like Iditarod um, <laughs> alternative, but I think that well's dry. Um, well, no, you could do uh, you could do like a canoe and have the dog do the doggy paddle and just pull the canoe like <laughs> dog or canoe races. It, it, it's it's reverse like I did a rod where the you dog is the on a sled and you have to you have pull to pull the, the dog. dog. You could do through that. the jungle, or the yeah, dog I... is on the canoe and you have to swim through the river and yeah. pull him. You have to swim. The the dog's on a canoe. Right. The canoe's out of control. And you're you have to swim to your dog before right. it falls off the waterfall. There you go. They... <laughs> no, but the dog. What if it actually, work? I actually had a thought that was that would work for either the canoe idea or the Iditarod idea, where there's like almost like rings, almost like kind of Quidditch style hoops, but you have to maneuver your vehicle to the point where your dog then has to jump through the hoop. So it's like an agility course. Combine like you would see in like dog shows or something, combined with like a vehicle sport. But would the dog have to pull the the thing through the hoop or? No, no, no. You would just like have to like get up enough speed. So maybe this works better for the canoe, where you've got to like paddle and and rearrange yourself to get in line so that the jo- the dog can jump through a hoop and back onto the canoe and we're like, like catching oh. stuff. I got you. Okay. So it's like an agility course for the dog and then like a crew, like a, like a rowing crew thing for the Picosa. Ooh, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) You just got a long boat with like four people rowing and there's four dogs and they're all like sitting there ready to go. You got two people tethered in, hanging off the side, ready to catch said dog. And Mm. they just. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the more, yeah, every dog's a point. (laughs) <laughs> they have certain they have certain uh, hoops that are they're, they're different colored. Certain yeah. hoops are worth more than others. Mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah, so you have it. to it's sort of you have to sort of bumper boats <laughs> other people out of the way. Oh so yeah, this full get, contact. I do want to mention that. Con- yeah, just cracking people with your oar. Yeah. So you've got two you've got two dog catchers on the front and two warriors on the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ready to crack holes in other people's in other people's boats. Now, now it's like do That's you a have blood to out, yeah do you have to outlaw things you know how like cars they'll have like those kneecapper things where like it's like on on like the the tire or just like the spike no mm-hmm. so that like when you're driving you can like run into people yeah I know and, what like the spike about. hits mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. there you go Tom I know what you're talking about, about. I, I'm sorry yeah do you put those on like like not like just stick knives like onto the side of your boat so that like you ram people and the knives <laughs> stick through the hull of their boat. I think I think there's I mean like all good sports there has to be a there has to be like a um like an illegal version as well that's played off road version night. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do what do like fouls look in this game or is there like a penalty box well you um, can't you can't hurt the dogs that's one thing well right? obviously like that's that's like that's like the greatest travesty. Yeah. It's like if you commit like a foul, do you have to like drop an anchor and like wait I think you for just have to seconds? jump out of the boat. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> You have to run past the mace folk. Oh, no! <laughs> it's like, you uh, uh, chop that man in the throat with an oar. You must run through the field. <laughs> Not the field! Not the field! You just run through the field naked and afraid. If you make it out unscathed, you're allowed to come back to the finish the yeah, race. Then, yeah, you can get right. back into the boat and continue oh, on. Yep. <laughs> I'm here for this. Awesome. 
Well, I think that will wrap up the Picosa folk. Unless there's any any final final trivia you want to give us, Tom? <laughs> any random tips? No, I, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I mean, it just if you want awesome. to go and, and check out the setting, um, you can learn yeah. about the city of Sakal, which is their quote-unquote capital, and you may never want to leave. It's actually called if 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 Tawal has a Sin City, that's it. Ooh, that's a good. That's a that's actually a in the book's treat. description. If there's a Sin City, this is it. Oh, very good. That is excellent. So um, <laughs> I think that'll that'll uh, uh, do it for us today, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Tom, again for being on the show with us. Thanks. It's a fun. It's a blast. Where can where can folks on the internet uh, find you and your work? Uh, you can check us out. Um, our socials are largely Facebook, so Frog God Games. Like our page, and you can follow us. You can friend request me. I'm Tom Knaus. I think 52 is my whatever link it is. Um, you can do that. We also have a Discord server. Um, so Frog God Games has a Discord server, and most of us are on there pretty frequently. So those are probably the best ways to keep in touch with us through social media. We really don't do Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Um, I have Instagram, but I really don't. I just use it because my nieces and nephews will only use that one. So. <laughs> awesome. But, and this yeah. product, again, this is the expansion for your Lost Lands setting yeah. uh, to Waddle. And that is, for the folks at home, T-E-H-U-A-T-L. And that Kickstarter will be up very soon by the release of this episode, yep. if not already. Yep. Yep. So Kickstarter.com, Frog God Games... You'll find it. Check, them out. <laughs> yeah, check out some of other uh, Frog God games thing, like the Fantastic Tome of Horrors, where you can puzzle with me as to what exactly the Death Cow is. Oh, the Death Cow! I use the Death Cow actually in an adventure. So I used it in a uh, cow with a katana. Yeah, I used it in. Um, oh my gosh, which adventure was that? And the uh, five D for uh, Rapanathic. There's a there's a Death Cow. I thought oh, it was so cool. I just, and I actually figured like this really cool way to do it. I, it was awesome. It, <laughs> it, it's flatulence played into the whole room. So <laughs> it worked perfectly. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, the death cow. Oh, it has some called a war moo. Anyway. Anyway, uh, uh, check out if you're, if you're <laughs> interested in what we do here and want to support the network of Ghostlight Media, you can get, head over to patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia if you want to throw some monetary donations our way. Otherwise, we also have a merch store that you can find at ghostlightmedia.net for us and all the shows on the network. Absolutely. Uh, our Patreon, we actually did just recently launch a Patreon-exclusive episode where... Uh, Griffin and I uh, drunkenly played the card game Super Fight, so if you want to mm. hear th- those antics, uh, check out our Patreon. Uh, other than that, uh, if you have any interest in finding out about a certain creature, want to find a interesting new companion for your D&D character, or just want to chat, <laughs> hit us up <laughs> at Pet Shop Cast on Twitter. But other than that, yeah, I think we're. Uh, I think it's time for us to to say farewell to, uh, to to Tom and to to Waddle. For now. Perhaps we'll return someday. But until then, everybody, I've been Griffin. I have been Zach. I've been Tom. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day... Why, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love. Farewell, everyone. Check out Frog God Games. We'll see you later. Goodbye. 
Thank you all for listening to episode 46 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop, and again, a huge thanks to Tom Knaus of Frog God Games for joining us today. As of this episode's release, the Tuwal Kickstarter is live. You can find the link on our Twitter at Pet Shop Cast and on Frog God Games' socials. Otherwise, if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review, sharing us with a friend, or donating to the Ghostlight Media Network over at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons JJ and Veronica, Nate, and Connor for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show, joined today by Kim Metzger and Zan Campbell-Johannes. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then... Beware the killer corn and enjoy your adventures into all. Farewell! This is a Ghostlike Media production.